0: Welcome to Cape Cast Audio 20. This is the audio podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the public information director and the host of this 20 minute weekly podcast. My guest in studio today is our interim city manager, Steve Pullman. Steve, welcome today. Thank you, Connie. Well, let's first talk about you being the interim city manager. You know, before that, you were the parks director. And, and you still are the parks director. Let's, let's make I that clear. I hope so. Um, how long had you been with the city and, and how long have you been the parks director?
1: I came to the city in March of 1999, so almost 12 years now.
0: Well, back in November, we had an election. The council makeup changed and they released uh, the former city manager, Gary King. They decided to make you the interim city manager. Why did the city council select you to fill that role?
1: Well, I believe that the city council had three candidates that they were considering. Victoria Bateman, our financial service director, Steve Neff, our public works director, as well as myself. Um, Why they made the decision for me, I'm not really sure. I know (laughs) that uh, I have a lot of different activities within the community, which has given me opportunities to branch out, work on projects with civic groups, with other organizations. And that could have been one of the reasons. Um, I also have a very strong administration in my department that with my needing to fill the role of the interim city manager, that the Parks and Recreation Department would not suffer too greatly. But I still interact in the department and I have my staff meetings with my Parks and Recreation staff and things have been going very well.
0: Well, I think too that maybe one of the reasons they selected you, at least from um, the fellow manager point of view, is that you do have what they call kind of an R personality. Uh, You're not one of those D personalities that go out there and and just bowl people over. Uh, You're more of a a relationship builder and and a census builder.
1: I would agree with that. And uh, that relationship building has gone a long way in interacting with other departments and having respect from other department chairs or directors, as well as managers throughout the city. Um, Our activities and projects, working with public works, utilities, um, IT, all have helped um, interactions be very strong, and I've been provided great support from the city administration in this new role.
0: Do you feel that your role was just to keep the ship afloat or was it to keep the ship moving forward? I
1: contemplated that as I was appointed and determined that we were ready to move forward. We had a change in culture within the council and a change in attitude between employees and council, and I was to work with that and build on that relationship as well as help guide strategic planning. The strategic planning process is something that's very important to the city that is a forward motion thing. And we've been working with that and will continue to work with the new council on the strategic plan.
0: And so it wasn't just simply let's just bide our time until council decides who they want to bring in to take over.
1: No, that was not uh, where we were to go. We had two or three union contracts that needed to be negotiated. We needed to get those put to bed and start the cost savings because There was a shortfall in our budget, and we needed to meet the budget goals and have concessions from the unions in order to ensure financial viability with our budget.
0: So once you moved up there on the dais and took the seat as the interim city manager, has it been everything that you thought it would be? And
1: more. (laughs) And more. The city is a very diverse corporation. It has many different service areas to serve its citizens. I've been involved in dredging issues, utility issues, things that while I've watched and observed as the director of Parks and Recreation over the last 11 plus years, it's not something that I've been intimately involved with. Um, Staff has been very forthcoming in educating me to the issues and assisting me in working through the issues and responding to the citizens' needs.
0: So it's certainly more of a macro view of the city of Cape Coral than when you were in parks, which might have been more of a micro view.
1: Absolutely. Um, I now have a better appreciation for all those that have gone before me and the different relationships they've had with the city council, as well as with the entire city staff.
0: So how how are your uh, parks people working out right now without your leadership? I know you've got some great people down there.
1: Um, I've been asked to stop by more often, um, (laughs) so I guess they miss me, um, and that's a good thing. I've been very pleased with Keith Lachlan, Bob Burns, and Art Avellino. They've all stepped up. Teresa Lynch, my administrative uh, assistant, has been very... um, very good communicating with me about issues that are going on so we can solve problems if they come up and we can deal with issues immediately rather than let them linger.
0: And with uh, Teresa I know she's definitely got a, 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 a larger calendar demand to handle these days as you being the interim city manager there uh, there's, seems to be quite a demand for your time at, at a variety of meetings.
1: Yes and she does a great job scheduling things Um, Gloria in the city manager's office also does a wonderful job that I didn't realize happened in the city manager's office where they would respond to the phone calls and direct the questions to the appropriate department and not necessarily burden the city manager with those kinds of questions that can be answered at the department level.
0: Let's talk about uh, at least one of the more significant accomplishments of your short term as the interim city manager, and that would be the uh, agreements with the police and fire unions and their um, pay concessions and the pension uh, changes. Right right after you were uh, appointed, you set up meetings with the union leadership and you were able to reach an agreement rather quickly with the police department.
1: Well, we had a shade meeting with counsel and they appointed Victoria Bateman as our lead negotiator. I, of course, was also part of the team along with our attorney's office and a representative from human resources. It was most interesting when we went to the meeting the cooperativeness out of the police union leadership, where they knew what the issues were from past negotiations, they knew the budget shortfall, and we were able to reach agreement on many of the issues quite quickly. When the union came to us with one holiday that would go unpaid, we told them the council was looking for three. They said we would be glad to meet in the middle, and come up with two. That was the most difficult issue we had at that time because the council had directed us to look for 3% toward wages and 2% toward pension. The police union provided actuarial information that showed that if they did 3% toward pension, it would save the city well over $100,000. With that knowledge, we did accept the 3% against pension and 2% against wages. And in the long run, the city will win, in my opinion, based on what the actuarial provided us.
0: Now, that meeting, I believe, when you did come up with your tentative agreement, lasted about an hour, just a little over an hour. Why do you think that your negotiating team was able to accomplish in a very short time frame something that was not accomplished in those months leading up to the elections?
1: I was not a part of any prior negotiating with the unions. I had only heard stories, and I heard that they were contentious, that they were um, times that anger was expressed from both sides, and that it wasn't congenial. Union negotiations don't have to be congenial, but people working for a common goal, communicating well with one another, we were able to reach that agreement, like you said, in a very short period of time. We had done some preliminary work with the police union, telling them really what the numbers were relative to the budget shortfall and suggesting to them that they were being told the truth. And they believed us, and it was the truth.
0: Now, we want to get to those uh, firefighters and their union contract because, boy, they took a whole lot longer. They went; It took them a whole two meetings to, to come up with an agreement.
1: Because police went so smoothly, I was very disappointed um, with the fire. I believe there might have been some posturing going on because immediately one week after the first negotiating session, the second session was held and within an hour and 10 minutes, we had an agreement with fire on many different issues relative to wage reduction, pension contribution, holiday pay, and things of that nature.
0: And theirs is, is it's similar with a 2% pay cut and a 3% increase to their pension.
1: That is correct, and the other thing the firefighters asked for was a two-year contract rather than one year with the reopeners with police. We felt comfortable doing two years because we're now gonna be starting working with all of the unions relative to their assumptions relative to retirement so that we can look at the numbers, get real numbers, and not use assumptions that are greater than what's actually happening. Currently, it's my understanding that when they do the actuarials, they're using almost like a 7% raise every year for employees. Well, that hasn't happened. So some of those numbers have been misguided by the assumptions. We will be negotiating with all the unions, working on those assumptions this year. We will be working with the general union, looking at their contract, and the police union looking at their contract as well, Within the next 12 months, and then we'll work toward fire.
0: And, and I want to uh, uh, I want to thank the police and fire unions for coming to the table with a plan. When they met in December, they, they certainly were willing to get things done. But I, I also don't want to neglect the uh, union at unions that came to the table back. Uh, last year in March, and that's the general unions, and they came forward and they were the first ones to say, let's do this, let's let's make some concessions, And, and it wasn't easy.
1: No, and having to take concessions and have your pay reduced is not an easy task. It's a very tough time out there. Dual family incomes may be down to one income, which might be the city of Cape Coral employees' income, and having that reduction can really hurt in trying to meet all the monthly expenses within the family. I am very pleased, though, that the city seems to be coming together. There seems to be a new attitude around City Hall. In fact, this morning I was in Pop's Cafe getting a cup of coffee before I got to my office, and somebody said, boy, I believe that the morale and the production has increased in the city.
0: Yep, and I think it was very obvious. And when you started walking around City Hall, you could see just just differences in the employees. They had, they they had, and quite frankly, they'd been beaten up uh, in uh, in the media and uh, at at the uh, public meetings. And I think that um, they they grew weary of it.
1: It was a very difficult time, Connie, mm-hmm. and and morale was very low um, with some of the actions that had to take place in order to reduce budgets and things. And it was an atmosphere that was not productive. And the new atmosphere with the council and the policymakers, um, they understand the issues. They know they've got some tough ones to tackle. And the employees will work with this council in order to make good
0: things happen. And I think with you and I, we've been here for a, almost the same amount of time, maybe me just a little bit longer. And we know our city employees and we know how hard they work and we know how much pride they take in their in their job so it it was it was difficult from us from a management standpoint too, to see them uh sometimes get get hammered for maybe something that they probably shouldn't have been hammered for
1: that's true and when people are guilty of something they should be held accountable and we should never allow something to go unnoticed and when people do things right they need to be recognized and right now, HR is working on a new recognition program for our employees so they can uh, be stars within our organization
0: and and by and large, we do more things right yep, yep um, let's not leave out just one other group, and we have the non bargaining uh, uh, employees they're the ones that aren't represented by any uh, unions and um, any uh, negotiations what's the what is the proposal for them as far as concessions?
1: Well, I've been working and found from the attorney's office that it is city council that can reduce wages. The city manager does not have that authority. But as city manager or interim city manager, I am proposing at the next voting meeting, which will be, I believe, the 20, 20th of February.
0: Maybe the, no, we, no, I think we're off
1: on the 20th. So It would be the it'd 27th. Be, right. But the next voting meeting, I'm looking to bring forward a reduction for non-represented individuals of 2% in their wages. I did not look at 3% because I wanted to ensure not ensure—is that's not the appropriate word. I wanted to be fair. In 2007, city non-represented employees, I believe received a 2% wage increase. Represented employees received their negotiated increase plus their step increase, as well as in 2009, when, or 2008, when the city non-represented employees did not receive any additional compensation. So if you add up what a represented employee might have gotten over those two years, you might be looking at 8 or 9%, and the non-represented people got 2%. So there's a 7% differential there. And in order to be fair and participate, I felt and I feel a 2% reduction in non-represented individuals is appropriate. But council will make that determination when we bring it forward, and we will see how they wish to deal with it.
0: And they're also covered by the whatever pension obligations. So if the pension contribution went up and you're in the general and it went up 2%, then you get that 2%. If you're in the police and fire and it went up 3%, you also uh, take on that 3%.
1: Correct. and. Our non-represented employees back in May started participating at the 2% level to their retirement. So they've already been reduced 2%. This would be an additional 2% for a total of 4 Okay.
0: Let's talk about strategic planning. Uh, We had probably one of the most productive strategic planning sessions that that has occurred since I've been here uh, this past December with this new city council. Council landed on four basic strategic priorities – What are those four strategic priorities?
1: One is economic development, redevelopment. One would be financial sustainability. One would be city image. And the fourth one is the infrastructure of our city, which would include the utility expansion program.
0: And as far as staff is concerned, um, how do we feel about those uh, uh, strategic priorities? Do we agree with them? I, I think they're pretty good.
1: I think they're wonderful. We're keeping it at a very high level. We're looking at our city from 30,000 feet with those goals. In the next weeks, we will be working with council to develop our initiatives. And from those initiatives, staff will then develop their action plan within each department and justify their budgets through those action plans.
0: And City Council is getting ready to start talking, well, not getting ready to start talking, they are talking about the utilities expansion program program and whether or not it should be um, restarted.
1: That's correct. Um, The city has utility meetings the first and third Wednesdays of every month. These are workshops that the council holds in order to work through issues relative to the utility program. There will be a presentation on the 15th of February and that will start at 5 o'clock relative to the various options and staff recommendations on how they might proceed. That will be a special voting meeting so if council chooses to have motions and seconds and take a vote they might be making an action that would restart or postpone the utility expansion program.
0: And What about financial stability? What are we looking at there? Financial stability it
1: is relative to both the tax
0: base and other revenue
1: opportunities and revenue sources that the city has. We have gas tax money. We have water and sewer fees. We have a number of different areas that this city is funded from. In parks and recreation, we have our program fees. And we need to look at the whole picture in order to determine um, how we're going to meet our needs now as well as in the future.
0: And one of the things, and we just touch on this real quick, was the city image. And why did we think that that was important?
1: Because we believe that the publicity that's been going on the last 12 months has not been very positive. It's something that we need to work with our citizens, our employees, and our council in order to promote our city, sell our city to new businesses, promote our economic development, and have new residents come to our community.
0: And a a, a positive image helps uh, the city of Cape Coral from a government standpoint, from an elected body standpoint and just from a citizen standpoint.
1: Absolutely. And people need to be proud where they're from.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, Steve, I want to thank you for joining me today in our Cape Cast podcast. And we'll be talking to you again soon, maybe once you get back to Parks and Rec. Thank you, Connie. We'll see you next time on Cape Cast.